Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Friday, July 29th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to the show. We're coming to you live and direct from beautiful legal potland, Oregon, where it's 90 degrees outside, the sky is clear, and Mount Hood beckons in the distance. What an amazing week it's been. We've been covering the Democratic National Convention all week. We spoke with Chris Goldstein, who was marching with the two 51-foot inflatable joints in Philadelphia. We spoke with Peter Ogburn, who was inside the convention center telling us what was happening on the floor. We've been covering a lot of this. And, of course, as you know, this week I made my dramatic switch from being a Bernie or Buster to being a... I'm reluctantly holding my nose, dragging my feet, kicking and screaming with her. That's right. I'm supporting Hillary Clinton for president. And when we uh, get to the radical rant today, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to dig in deeply to explain to you why if you like legal marijuana, you must vote for Hillary Clinton. Sorry. <laughs> like I said, I'm not thrilled about it, but uh, logic, reason, facts, science, uh, all of that just compels me to have to uh, make that decision. I'll tell you why when we get to the rant. But for those of you out there who still are never Hillary, you just can't imagine voting for Hillary Clinton, I'm going to throw you a bone today, too. In our drug war data mining segment, I'm going to tell you how Gary Johnson could win the presidency. It's a one in a million chance, but like they said in Dumb and Dumber, so you say there's a chance? (laughs) I'll give you the narrow tiny sliver of window of an opportunity that Gary Johnson has to become the president in our drug war data mining. In our cannabis community chat at half past, we're going to be speaking with pain specialist, Dr. David Tonkin. He's presenting at the uh, Southwest Cannabis Conference that's taking place next week, next weekend, I should say, uh, in San Diego, California. Uh, I uh, will be here at at the uh, conference, the uh, Indo Expo happening in Portland, Cannabis Radio will have a huge presence at this can- at this uh, conference coming up. This uh, this Indo Expo, and uh, you can go to indoexpo.com if you want to know more. We're going to have a huge lounge. I'll be broad- broadcasting, streaming there live, uh, doing a lot of interviews. So it's going to be fun next weekend. Check that out. Uh, but Dr. Tonkin will be joining us to talk about uh, marijuana as a way of alleviating this opioid crisis that we're dealing with in America. So stay tuned for that coming up at half past. In our uh, cannabis focus today, right after the news, we're going to take a look at the city of Oakland, California, which has kind of found itself in a licensing dilemma with regard to its marijuana licenses. They're trying to do the right thing, trying to bring more minorities into the business, but the way they're trying to do it has some critics crying foul and saying it actually may hurt the minority communities they're trying to get involved. So we'll look deep into that in behind the headlines. But first, we get into the cannabis radio news and we start things off by celebrating the 21st state 
to decriminalize marijuana. We'll tell you all about that. We've got some news on Montel Williams uh, running into some customs trouble in Germany. In Portland, Maine, more money donated to the campaign to legalize marijuana. We'll tell you who's giving. And uh, in Oregon, we've got another one of these cases. We uh, told you about one earlier this week. Another parent uh, who's been busted for letting their kid get into uh, marijuana-infused edibles. In Arizona, we've got an update on that PTSD study for veterans and cannabis. We've got uh, criticizing of a federal bill to allow CBD uh, protections for parents. And an update on the opioid drug fentanyl, which is uh, rearing its ugly head in Boston. All that's coming up right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show reminds you to never smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, July 29th, 2016. Springfield, Illinois. Marijuana possession is now decriminalized in Illinois under a bill signed by Governor Bruce Rauner today. 
The law now specifies that possession of up to 10 grams of marijuana is a civil violation, punishable by only a $100 to $200 fine. There is no possibility of jail time. The violations will also be expunged so as not to affect people's opportunities in life. Illinois is now the 21st state to remove the threat of jail time and criminal records for simple marijuana possession. Previously, possession of up to 10 grams was a crime that could be sentenced with 30 days to 6 months in jail and a $1,500 fine. Frankfurt, Germany. Television personality Montel Williams was briefly detained by German customs authorities over a gram of marijuana. While traveling through Frankfurt Airport, a loose gram of marijuana was found in Williams' suitcase. He explained to authorities that he uses marijuana medicinally to treat his multiple sclerosis. Williams had his people back in the U.S. send over a copy of his medical recommendation. After less than an hour, he was released. Williams says he was treated with respect by the authorities and never made to feel like a criminal. However, Williams added, the incident highlights the difficulties faced by medical marijuana patients when cannabis remains prohibited. Portland, Maine. PBS television personality Rick Steves has donated $50,000 to the effort to legalize marijuana in the state of Maine. The popular European travel guru was delivering on a promise to match dollar for dollar the donations made by the public. Steves was a major proponent of Washington's I-502 legalization in 2012, donating $350,000 to that groundbreaking initiative. Steves then donated thousands to Oregon's legalization in 2014. In both campaigns, Steves took his act on the road and lobbied packed halls full of voters, many of them in his travel audience's older, conservative demographic. Springfield, Oregon. An Oregon father has been arrested after his five-year-old daughter became ill from ingesting a marijuana edible. Jerry Snyder, age 59, was charged with one count of endangering the welfare of a minor. The girl experienced hallucinations and an elevated heart rate and was taken by ambulance to the hospital. Snyder told police the girl must have consumed it after he had left what he thought was an empty wrapper for an edible product called shrapnel on the coffee table. Oregon regulations require that any marijuana edibles are infused with a limit of 15 milligrams of THC. Deer Valley, Arizona. The first FDA-approved clinical trial on the use of whole plant cannabis to treat veterans with treatment-resistant PTSD will soon be accepting applications. The 12-week study will be seeking veterans whose PTSD is chronic and has not responded to traditional medications and psychotherapy. 38 veterans will be studied at the facility in Deer Valley, Arizona, and another 38 in Baltimore, Maryland, at Johns Hopkins, according to Dr. Sue Sisley, the researcher heading up the Arizona facility. Washington, D.C. Patient advocates are criticizing a new bill designed to protect parents of children who use cannabidiol to treat seizures. The Cannabidiol Research Expansion Act was introduced this month by Senators Grassley, Feinstein, Tillis, and Leahy. It provides a federal registry intended to help research institutions performing work with cannabis. But the provision protecting parents doesn't go far enough, critics say, by not covering the parents who use cannabidiol for their children with severe autism. It also fails to cover those autism and seizure patients who require tetrahydrocannabidol in in addition to cannabidiol. Quote, I'm starting to have a real problem with CBD laws, end quote, one such parent, Miko Perez, told Vice.com. Her son Joey suffers from autism. In 2009, Perez was one of the first pediatric medical marijuana cases to gain national media attention, sparking the wave of CBD laws that have proliferated in the South and Midwest. 
Austin, Massachusetts. Fentanyl, the addictive opioid drug 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine, is becoming increasingly popular on the streets thanks to one particular fact. It isn't detected on the drug test used by probation departments in the Commonwealth. Officials note that the cost of the fentanyl test has been preventing them from using it, but they will now randomly subject a few samples for fentanyl testing. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, July 29th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. This is Willie Nelson for Norman, and I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Adrian, I, I, I finished it. <laughs> okay, maybe you're high too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we take a look at the city of Oakland, California, where the city council had unanimously approved back in May a permitting system for their uh, medical or for their marijuana uh, industry that uh, was designed to address some of the disparities, the uh, injustices of the war on drugs. Uh, The basic idea was that they were going to give uh, a preferential treatment to some of the applicants, which had to do with whether or not you'd ever been busted. That is, uh, uh, permits for people that had been busted for pot crimes more than 10 years ago, uh, and also giving... uh, preferential treatment in the licensing uh, to applicants that are from these different beats in the city where uh, six police beats uh, that were over policed for cannabis violations and cannabis uh, arrests and so forth. The idea of course is to bring more minorities, particularly more black people 
into the cannabis industry. It's noted that in Oakland, they've got uh, eight medical dispensaries going right now. Only one is run uh, by African-Americans. So the idea was good at heart. Let's bring in more people. Let's bring in more diversity. And let's give a benefit uh, to the people that have been busted in the past rather than preventing them from getting their licenses. It's close to something I'd suggested for a long time where in my case it wasn't let's have 10% of the licenses going to X, Y, or Z. But instead, give preferential uh, points on a scoring system if you'd previously been busted. This would have the direct impact, the indirect impact of adding more African Americans because more African Americans got busted. They'd, there'd be more of them to get the points. But it wouldn't directly be a racial uh, uh, consideration because white people who'd been busted could get those points too. That was my idea. Well, now this this uh, plan by the city council that was unanimously uh, uh, selected, unanimously approved, is running into some, some heat now from critics who are saying that the problem with this, while it's well-intentioned, is that it may actually choke out more opportunity than it would provide for African Americans. And part of the argument is that people who had been busted in the past aren't people with the means and the connections to get the kind of funding and have the kind of application that would otherwise go through the system. And then you have the, uh, the possibility that such people could then end up being Smurf uh, buyers. You know, like when, uh, uh, when the, 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 the meth cook sends someone else to go buy the, the Sudafed, they call it Smurfing. Well, in this situation, you'd just be, it'd be a straw buyer. It'd be just, you'd just be having a, uh, finding some uh, person who'd been busted in the past or someone who had lived in that neighborhood, uh, one of those six beats, and this having them as a front person for your business. And it doesn't, then that doesn't really solve the problem either. So uh, this is still being worked out. There's still a lot of considerations here. Uh, James Anthony, a friend of the show and attorney in, uh, in Oakland, says, quote, I've talked to a couple of hundred people in Oakland who want cannabis permits. I've found five people who qualify for equity permits by residency, either because they live within one of those police beats or they have a family member who lives there with whom they'd happily share the business. I've found one person who qualifies via the incarceration route. Everyone else was a low-income resident, an immigrant, or a person of color, but they don't fit the criteria. So it's not only are they having that problem, it's just not casting the net wide enough. So the solution here, I, I'm not exactly sure what the solution is going to be. We want more minority involvement in the cannabis industry. And as we're seeing it develop so far, it's becoming, you know, it's, it's looking like a white man's game. And Unfortunately, I think that owes a lot to the structural defects of of our system in general and not having anything to do to cannabis in, in particular. I think any new industry that was starting up is going to require operating capital and connections and, and co- consulting and, and things that people with wealth can get. And who are the people with wealth? White people. So it was kind of inevitable <laughs> that it was going to turn out this way. I think my proposal is going to be a better idea. I think having a point system to evaluate licensing that gives points to people based on their previous 
uh, previously having been busted for marijuana is a far more fair system. I think it's an easier system to implement. And I think it's more impervious to any court challenges about it being a racially biased sort of system. Uh, Oakland, if you need a consultant, I'm available. My hourly rates are relatively low. What is the main food that penguins eat? Spam? (laughs) I don't like spam. Well, folks, it's 20 after. That means it's 420 in Denver, Colorado. People are getting their safety meeting on, and I hope you can, too. When we come back, we're going to talk about Gary Johnson's incredibly narrow, minuscule chance of winning the presidency. I'll tell you how it could happen. And if that doesn't convince you that it's a (laughs) pie-in-the-sky idea, I don't know what will. Next to THC and CBD, you can now add CBR to your cannabis vernacular. CBR as in CannabisRadio.com. The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Good to everybody. Radical Russ here in Aspen, Colorado at the Alaska Northwest Cannabis Classic at the 26th annual Boston Freedom Rally at the High Times Cannabis Cup Northern California. Day one of Canacon in Seattle, Washington. It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show, annoying Kevin Sabat since 2012. With over six years of experience in the industry, New Era CPAs is one of the nation's leading cannabis accounting firms, helping hundreds of growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies with their tax, legal, and business strategies. New Era CPAs offices cover the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, and their skilled team is always available to help you take your business to the next level. Visit NewEraCPAs.com for more info and set up a consultation. Welcome to the New Era. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. 
All right, folks, today in the Drug War Data Mines, we are going to take a look at the chance for Gary Johnson, the Libertarian candidate, to become president of the United States. And and I got to tell you, as I've been making this flip, making this switch over to supporting Hillary Clinton, and again, don't like her, don't trust her, think she's a liar, warmonger, corrupt, agree with you on all those points. But as I've made this flip, I've been attacked by a lot of people who think I'm just, you know, selling out or whatever. But more of you, I think, understand that when I argue about stuff, I really look deeply into this shit. And I wish I wish people could see my uh, browser history for the past, like, three, four weeks, actually since about the California primary, and how much I've been reading up and researching and plugging numbers into Excel and playing with electoral maps online, trying my best to find a way to defend my Bernie or Bust position, to defend the idea that I would vote for Gary Johnson, perhaps. And the more I did it, and the, the, the farther I went with it, trying to defend these arguments, the more I found myself making the same sort of magical thinking, if only type of arguments that I hear from true legalizers. If only everybody who vote thinks third parties can't win would vote third party, they'd win. If only, and then more and more, right? So, so that's where it's been part of, part of the problem for me. I, I, I was a debater in high school and in college, right? So I'm trained to research both sides of the issue and to be able to eloquently argue either side. And it just got to the point where I couldn't defend my own arguments. <laughs> I was defeating my own arguments. But here's one that I came up with as I was doing this. This was my argument. It's even posted on Marijuana Politics if you want to read it. But my argument for Gary Johnson is encapsulated in this, in this one post. And it's a real slim argument. I'm not going to say it's a statistically impossible chance for this to happen. It could. But man, I don't know that I want to bet my future in the possibility of Donald Trump running FEMA for the next Hurricane Katrina or running, uh, 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 you know, reading the next PDB about bin Laden determined to attack the United States. I don't know if I want to put that risk on the line, but, but here it is. Here's the, here's the argument. Gary Johnson's not going to win enough electoral votes to become president. He's not going to get to 270. It's just not going to happen. There's just not a viable pathway for that. For, for you to believe that, you'd have to believe that all of these states that are currently in majority and even large majority polls for Trump, like Trump leads like by 22 points in places like Idaho, right? So you'd have to believe that Trump would do something more egregious than what he's done already to somehow drop him in the view of the Republican voters in those states to make the flip to Gary Johnson. Not saying it's impossible, but man, it would have to be something big. You'd have to strangle a baby live on air, <laughs> right? I, I don't know what, but he'd have to do something really bad. And then when you get down to this electoral math, it's unlikely that Gary Johnson's going to win a single state. But let's say he does. Okay, so Gary Johnson, the best polling we saw so far is a poll in Utah that showed him neck and neck with Clinton and Trump just uh, in third place, but within the margin of error. And Utah is the kind of place you can imagine flipping from Trump to Gary Johnson. You could see some principled Mormons looking at Trump and thinking, yeah, maybe the twice divorced guy who cusses and makes fun of uh, disabled people. Maybe that's not the thing 
the kind of guy Joseph Smith would want us to vote for, you can see them flipping libertarian perhaps. So right there, there's six electoral votes. That doesn't get uh, Gary Johnson in the White House. But there is a map by which the electoral college ends up in a deadlock. You need 270 electoral college votes to become president. And I can come up with a couple of different maps where neither Trump nor Clinton get 270 votes. The most e- the easiest one is what I call the Rust Belt Brexit. It's Michael Moore's uh, theory, uh, prediction, I should say, where you take the 2012 map, Romney versus Obama, and you just flip Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Ohio to Trump, the Rust Belt, where they really hate TPP and NAFTA and all the job-killing stuff that the Clintons were behind. Flip those states... And it ends up being 268 uh, to 264, you know, uh, Democrat 268, Republican 264, Libertarian 6. So when you get a situation like that, when it's tied like that, then the tiebreaker goes to the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives then picks from the top three fish finishers who's going to be president. That would be they'd get to pick between Clinton, Trump, and Johnson. Now, Utah, having gone for the libertarian might decide it's going to vote for uh, uh, for Johnson. So there's one out of the 26 state votes that you would need to pat to win it in the House of Representatives. House right now is 33 Republican delegations, 14 Democratic delegations, three delegations that are a tie, like one Democrat, one Republican, three Democrats, three Republicans, whatever. Right. So you got to find out of the 33 states. That will have voted for Trump, remember, that whose votes and, and whose congressional districts will have voted for Trump. You're going to have to convince those representatives to switch their votes to Gary Johnson, who didn't win the popular vote. And those guys who are switching their votes to Johnson have to run for re-election in 2018 and face an electorate that just by a majority in their district decided Trump should be president. And they're going to have to go face those voters and say, no, I disregarded your popular will and picked the third place guy. So, yeah, there's a chance, but I wouldn't bet on it. All right, stay tuned. We're back with pain specialist Dr. Tonkin right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. 
Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. The Russ Belleville Show, providing dictionaries to drug czars since 2009. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life. Conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our Cannabis Community Chat. Welcome back, everybody. Today in the Cannabis Community Chat, we are going to be speaking with one of the most renowned pain specialists in our country today. Uh, I'd like to welcome Dr. Tonkin to the show. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I, I'm doing fa- fantastic, Doctor. Are you down in San Diego yet? Actually, I'm not. I'm actually, I flew last night from, we have a clinic in Springfield, Missouri, and I flew to um, Las Vegas. We have a home in Las Vegas. So I'm actually looking down the strip from uh, my living room right this second. But I plan on uh, arriving next, I believe, Friday. All right. So uh, the uh, event is the uh, South, uh, the Southern California uh, Cannabis Expo going on down there, and uh, you'll be presenting, I assume. I will. I think we have a roundtable with a couple uh, ex-professional athletes and myself uh, talking about uh, CBD and medical marijuana and how it could benefit uh, athletes and uh, patients of pain. Mm, this is such an important uh, topic. We're speaking with Dr. David Tonkin. And uh, there was a story I covered in the news today about how uh, people on probation uh, up in uh, Massachusetts, they're having an uh, uh, increase in fentanyl overdoses because the drug tests don't test for fentanyl. You know, we're a, we're a show mostly about marijuana. We don't know, cover a whole lot of the opioid stuff. So maybe could you give us a... A basic look at these opioids. What what kind of drugs are we talking about? How big is the problem we're looking at? Uh, it's a huge problem, actually. I'm actually a board-certified anesthesiologist, also in a board-certified pain physician. So I know a little bit about um, opioids. Um, when they say they're not testing, actually, for fentanyl, if you do um, actually some further testing, some high-complexing testing, when you do check for it, but most of the little urine cups that people uh, give samples and do not test mm. for it, most of them. But it's a huge problem. Fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. Actually, it's 100 to 125 times as potent as morphine. Mm. And what we're finding in our clinics, in our actually opioid use disorder clinics, uh, we find that a lot of uh, drugs are being laced with fentanyl, everything from uh, heroin to actually some of the medication and pills that are uh, 
if you took a picture of them and you looked them up on the internet or with law enforcement, it would say that they were oxycodone or hydrocodone. They're actually fentanyl. It's a, a pretty easy to uh, produce in laboratories, and there are a lot of uh, companies in China actually right now that are producing these uh, synthetic opioids, and people unfortunately are taking them and not really knowing what's in the pill. So it's a huge problem with overdose and. Uh, it's a it's it's a it's an opioid epidemic going yeah. on. So, uh, what is the reasoning behind uh, uh, lacing these things with fentanyl? Is it just to boost the high from the from from, from heroin or from oxy? Um, absolutely. Is uh, I'm kind of familiar, but uh, thank God, not too too familiar. Is uh, people that are abusing these medication, and it's happening every day in all walks of life. Is the stronger, the better for the patient. So, especially with the new CDC guidelines that have come out, um, everybody's trying to, the physicians are trying to stay under the uh, guideline recommendations, but the patients are still having discomfort. Hmm. And uh, in, in the clinics that we actually have, uh, we've had great success using CBD products to actually decrease on the amount of opioids being used, thus uh, decreasing you know, overdoses. And we also treat addiction in our clinics, and we are actually using CBD products uh, to treat the addiction. I actually was in a clinic yesterday and had a gentleman that was on Suboxone. He's been on CBD for one day, or excuse me, one week, and he had a follow-up, and he's not even using Suboxone anymore. He's using CBD. So it's pretty incredible. Um, uh, I can't really say medication because you don't need a prescription for it. (laughs) Well, that's, yeah, and that's the direction I wanted to take the discussion here is we've been telling a a lot of stories here in the news uh, on our show uh, of these studies and surveys that show the states that have medical cannabis access have have fewer opioid overdose rates uh, or overdoses in general. Uh, What is the mechanism by which cannabis is helping uh, people that are using opiates? How does it how does it make it better for us? Well, actually, it helps with with the pain. Um, I'm an interventional pain physician. Uh, we also have medical management clinics all over the country. But, uh, you know, we want to do everything we can not to be using opioids. Uh, they're abused or diverted, and it's big business. Uh, we actually use um, CBD and things for more than just the pain part of it, but we do use it in the addiction uh, parts of our clinics. We also... I'm sure you're well, well aware from everything I've read about you is that uh, you're very well aware that anxiety, uh, CBD and uh, medical marijuana helps with anxiety immensely. And that's kind of one of the very, very, uh, I think, I don't want to say, it's almost like hitting the lottery with half these patients. The patients that do have pain, they also have anxiety depression. And if you're able to treat the anxiety part of it, because they're always worried they're going to have some horrible, painful episode, they're using way less uh, opioids. So the overdoses are going way down in, in the states that um, medical marijuana is is allowed. Mm. And uh, we're speaking with Dr. David Tonkin again. He'll be uh, appearing at the Southern California Cannabis Expo. It's taking place in San Diego next weekend. Uh, and uh, doctor, I'm just uh, I'm also interested in this from the perspective of as a sports fan. Uh, I've been covering a lot of these players, especially in uh, the NFL, but also in mixed martial arts. Uh, who are concerned. We, we're seeing players retire now because of their concerns over head trauma and painkiller addiction. Tell us about that and how you've been uh, working or, or, or speaking with some of the people in that respect. One of the gentlemen that's actually going to be on 
the panel in San Diego next week is actually uh, a young man actually has a World Series ring, kind of a big deal from our parts of the United States, but we grew up there uh, right next to each other. And, you know, he went under, uh, underwent, I think he had 15 years in the major leagues and underwent uh, Tommy John surgery, came back and things. But uh, using these opioids, here's the thing that people have, to, I think there's many, many problems with, you know, this country with the opioids, but um, it doesn't discriminate. When you have an addiction problem, it doesn't discriminate. We treat physicians, we treat lawyers, we treat people that are homeless. The other thing that is very important, I think one of the problems in the, the country is everybody wants to talk about <clears throat> how to treat these things, but um, why don't they uh, nip it in the butt? Not all this, these illegal medications or heroin or thing are actually coming from Mexico or from Detroit, Michigan or anything. They're actually coming from the practitioner's themselves. So I think the, the DEA and the, um, the federal uh, government needs to cut down on the amount of medications that the physicians are allowed to prescribe and should really look at the prescribing practices and uh, take a harder stance against them. Yes. Uh, Dr. Tonkin, that reminds me of, you know, I, I point out a lot that there's a, a DEA Office of Diversion Control that sets the quotas for how much of these opioid drugs can be produced. And throughout the medical marijuana era, it's gone like over 1,200% uh, increase. And and part of this that's also problematic is that while we worry about the opioid overdoses, sometimes we over-worry about that. And people who are in serious pain then can't get the level of medication they need because the doctors are afraid that, well, they're going to get caught for you know giving out opioids. Uh, could you address that a little? Absolutely. And that's actually, we have a uh, niche in the country with our elite pain management uh, clinics that um, is unlike anybody else. So as you said, the, the physicians are very, very cognizant that the DA is watching them. Everybody now is very scared to write prescriptions. So basically our clinics get all these referrals for doctors that get patients up to outrageous amounts of uh, morphine. We have patients that come to our clinic that take over a thousand milligrams of morphine a day. The other problem is that the physicians really need to uh, take a take a hard uh, stance on uh, what they're prescribing with these narcotics. It's not just the narcotics are decreasing their respirations and having people die in their sleep. It's them prescribing uh, medications like benzodiazepines, Xanax, Valium, Ativan, Klonopin, along with it, that have a certain synergistic effect. And this is where all the overdoses are happening. Having a, a product like medical marijuana or CBD, there's many formulations that are just for anxiety. Uh, we'd be taking that, that safety issue right off the table right there. And then just the number of um, overdose deaths from combining these deadly medications is is uh, would greatly decrease if we if every state had medical marijuana. Or mm. We know we can use CBD, but the medical marijuana would be much better. Well, we, we can see that anybody with compassion and a heart can understand why and anyone with a mind can understand the, the science and logic behind it. But when you're dealing with politics, science and logic somehow don't always work. And one of the problems I think that we have going forward, especially as we saw that recent study that showed, you know, you pass medical marijuana laws and doctors are prescribing 1,800 fewer pain pills, that makes big pharma and the donors to these politicians uh, sit up and take notice. Do you worry about that aspect of it, that, that, that this might be hard to pull off politically? Uh, I do, but if, if when it comes to voting, I think states, sooner or later, in the next couple of years, all 50 states will be, um, it'll be, um, 
you're exactly right. The problem is there's lobbyists out there, and it's huge money for these uh, pharmaceutical companies. Behind closed doors, you know as well as I do, they're doing the same uh, studies on uh, THC and, and CBD as um, these private uh, companies you will see at the convention and things. So everybody, whether they admit it or not, is doing the research to see if this, uh, these substances work, which... Honestly, we know they do, or we wouldn't be talking. <laughs> well, Dr. David Tonkin, thank you so much for joining us. He's a pain specialist. Be speaking at the Southern California Cannabis Expo taking place next weekend. Do you have any uh, contact information or Facebook or web pages you'd like to tell people about? Um, they they can actually go to I you know I'm, I'm not I'm 48 years old. I'm not very good at computers, but I think we have a website elitepainmanagement.nd. And uh, I just, it was very nice speaking to you. I want to thank Isa Nile for arranging this uh, conversation. Hopefully we can educate uh, the rest of America and especially the physicians. I hope so too. Have a great time in San Diego next weekend and uh, give my best to everyone down there. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Uh, thank you, Dr. Tonkin. Uh, Dr. David Tonkin there, he'll be speaking, like I said, this weekend. Uh, he's one of the nation's premier pain management specialists, board-certified anesthesiologist, and in pain management. Uh, not only is he presenting at the event, he'll also be taking your questions. So there'll be a good chance uh, to get more information from someone who really knows what's going on here. Uh, we get a lot of doctors that are uh, involved in pain management and understand the opioid side of things, but they don't know a whole lot about the cannabis. A lot of people that know about the cannabis side of things, maybe not so uh, involved in the pain management. Here's someone who can cross that bridge for you, get you the kind of information that you're looking for. World Series champion Josh Kinney was who he was talking about, by the way, 2006 World Series champion, the pitcher who had season-ending Tommy John surgery to repair a ligament in the arm, and uh, Former Idaho Vandal, (laughs) Super Bowl star Marvin Washington will be at the event as well. Go Big Blue, Marvin, if you're listening. (laughs) We'll take a break. When we come back, Radical Rant, why if you like legal marijuana, you got to vote for Hillary Clinton. Sorry. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. From dabs to chivas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com. Thousands of cannabis professionals convened this August in Portland, Oregon to the city responsible for half a billion dollars in cannabis commerce. The Portland Expo Center hosts Indo Expo, August 6th and 7th. Indo Expo has seed to sale covered all weekend long with educational seminars and over 250 exhibitors. Lights, nutrients, trimmers, extractors, greenhouses, cutting edge grow gear, genetics, smoking accessories, and more. Free admission for buyers, store owners, and MJ industry professionals. Visit www.indoexpo.com. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. All you have to do is decriminalize. We don't need a government regulation to tell us this is good pot, that's bad pot. We don't need any of that. 
The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You can find Radical Russ online everywhere. Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, SoundCloud, Snapchat, LinkedIn, and Boise State University's 2400 baud modem bulletin board system from 1985. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. Well, the Democratic and Republican conventions are over, and after long, careful consideration, I've decided that anybody who truly wants to see marijuana legalized nationwide must vote for Hillary Clinton to become the president of the United States. Yeah, I know, I know. Hold your booze. Hold your booze. I know. I'm supporting a lying, warmongering, fracking, corrupt puppet of the 1%. Trust me, I know. I've probably written 20,000 words on how much I despise Hillary Clinton as a candidate. I was one of the loudest Bernie bros out there. My piece on Huffington Post was the most popular thing I'd ever written. Hundreds of thousands of shares. I'm pissed off, too. I'm furious about this fixed primary system from the whole WikiLeaks DNC email hack. I'm pissed off, too. But as I worked through my anger to try to write up opinion pieces on how we need to stick it to the Democrats for screwing Bernie Sanders, I found that... I couldn't form a rational pathway that leads from denying Hillary Clinton the White House to greater expansion of marijuana legalization. It's kind of like when you go to the DMV and you stand in the line and you're there for two hours in line and you get to the front of the line and they say, oh, no, sorry, you're in the wrong line. You need to go stand in that line over there that's two hours long. And you know how pissed off you feel and how incompetent the DMV is and it's wasting your whole day and now you got to go stand in another line? Yeah, so what else are you going to do? Burn down the DMV? Not get your license? Trust the guy on the street corner who says you're a sovereign citizen and you don't need a license? I mean, no, you're going to go get in the other line. <laughs> but as I work through this, uh, the first thing that I have to dispense with is this quadrennial flight of fancy that is the running of the third-party candidates. Yes, yes, Governor Gary Johnson of the Libertarian Party is great on the, on the legalization issue. And Dr. Jill Stein of the Green Party is great, probably even better, on the legalization issue. But you know, and I know, and even they know, they are not going to amass 270 electoral college votes necessary to become president. 
I wasn't even a year old the last time a third party won any electoral votes. And that was way back in 1968. So, yeah, you could cast a feel-good vote for Johnson or Stein because they agree with you on marijuana legalization, but to what end? What good is it going to do you? They'll have zero power over legalization policy, and you'll be doing nothing to stop the candidate who would dismantle legalization, Donald Trump. And if Johnson or Stein were to actually be successful enough to win a state's electoral votes, it just increases the chances that nobody gets to 270, which kicks in the 12th Amendment's election tiebreakers that guarantee Donald Trump becomes president. I know, I know, the other thing you hate is the two-party system, this, this corrupt oligarchy that offers us two puppets of the wealthy, the choice of giant douche or turd sandwich. But throwing the election to Donald Trump by denying Hillary Clinton the vote she needs to beat him is not the way to end the duopoly. If you really want to end the Republican-Democratic dominance, you can't just change the players, you got to change the game. That's going to require about 20 years of ballot initiatives and constitutional amendments to enact range voting, not a symbolic protest vote every four years. And I know you might be harboring the feeling that there's really no difference between Clinton and Trump. Well, if there really is no difference between Clinton and Trump, then what difference does it make which one of them you vote for? Given the choice of two corrupt, lying multimillionaires, Shouldn't we at least pick the one whose convention audience looks more like America <laughs> and the one who doesn't demean women, gays, immigrants, the disabled, and religious minorities? Perhaps pick the one who has actually served as an elected official at any level? That's part of what sealed the deal for me was competency. Some things in government aren't conservative, liberal, Republican, or Democrat. They're just bureaucracies that need to function efficiently. And I, th I think back to George W. Bush getting that PDB that said bin Laden determined to attack within the United States and then didn't act on it. And then we got 9-11. Or I think of George W. Bush's appointee, heck of a job brownie, in, in charge of FEMA, letting black people drown in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Those were failures of an incompetency in the bureaucracy, an incompetency in the executive branch, and nobody would be more incompetent in the executive branch than Donald Trump. Now, maybe you're thinking about voting for Trump just because you hate Hillary Clinton that much. I understand. I Trust me, I do not like Hillary Clinton. Or maybe you have this delusion that he alone is going to make America great again. If so, I think you're not putting a lot of thought into just how a Trump administration would impact marijuana legalization. Consider that a President Trump wouldn't just be on your TV making fantastic speeches, believe me. He'd be appointing the next Attorney General, the nation's top cop. And the rumors are that it will be New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Do you need a refresher course on exactly how shitty Chris Christie would be for marijuana legalization? On the campaign trail, he told us to smoke up while we can in Colorado because he would be shutting it all down and enforcing federal drug laws. President Trump would also appoint the U.S. attorneys who decide whether to conduct raids on marijuana businesses and press charges against patients and growers. We have U.S. attorneys still today 
that prosecuted the so-called Kettle Falls Five. Patients who were medically legal in Washington State, where recreational marijuana is legal, even under President Obama with a memo from the Attorney General to knock that shit off. You think that gets any better under Trump's U.S. attorneys? It goes even deeper than that. A President Trump would be appointing the heads of EPA, who decide which pesticides are approved for cannabis. Heads of federal agencies that decide whether marijuana businesses are legit. Heads of the IRS that decide whether to audit marijuana businesses and nonprofits. Heads of parole boards that decide whether a prisoner, a drug prisoner for the past 20 years gets a commutation of his sentence. Heads of the ONDCP and every other federal agency that would make a regulatory decision regarding cannabis. Imagine Chris Christie recommending Kevin Sabet as the nation's drugs are. And of course, there are the biggest appointments, the Supreme Court. Right now, the balance is four conservatives with Chief Justice Roberts and then Justices Alito, Thomas, and Kennedy. And then four liberals, Justices Ginsburg, Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer. A President Trump adds at least one more conservative justice, 5-4. And Justices Ginsburg, Kennedy, and Breyer are over 80 years old, or they will be, within Trump's term. So by 2020, Donald Trump could seat a 7-2 to two conservative majority that would last for the next 20 years. Do you want that court hearing the next lawsuit from some red state that wants to overturn another state's legalization law or deciding whether there's a first amendment right to use cannabis religiously or deciding on some sort of uh, case having to do with police misconduct or search and seizure. Fine, fine. You might be thinking that's all reasonable, but, but I just can't vote for someone like Hillary who, Blah, 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 whatever. I feel you. I, like I said, I got 35 reasons I hate Hillary Clinton. And you might even live in a non-swing state like California that's going to go to Hillary no matter what, or Texas that's going to go to Trump no matter what. And maybe you think, well, I can vote my conscience. But consider what Hillary Clinton as president would be if she only squeaks into office with an electoral college victory, but lacks the popular vote majority. Remember her husband who won the presidency in 92 with only 43% of the vote? And then thinking that, hey, 57% of the voters are more conservative. I need to tack to the right to make sure I can get reelected. Or worse, think if she wins the Electoral College, but Trump actually gets more popular votes. You think she normally tacks to the center. Wait till she's got a a plurality vote or a lack of a mandate and thinks more of the voters are on the right side because they picked Gary Johnson and Donald Trump. Anything like that is going to force her to be even more cautious than she already is and less likely to champion meaningful reforms on controversial issues like marijuana. So I know it sucks and I don't want to do it either. Every scenario I can imagine for the future of marijuana legalization turns out better under a President Hillary Clinton than a President Donald Trump. Besides, this country needs to not just defeat a bigoted demagogue at the polls, it needs to give him such a devastating, humiliating, landslide loss that the next demagogue knows he's got no political future. 
Well, folks, that's all the time we got for today. Like I said, no uh, Toker Talk Radio this week. But next week, we're back. We'll be back to the full two-hour program. It's been a lot of fun. And, folks, this election is going to be a doozy. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth.